The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. I, I love this scripture because Jesus made it very clear. It says, to you is been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God. To those that are without, it's always going to be in parable form. They'll never understand it. But when God opens your ears, then you can truly understand it. That's why we don't fight with people who believe there is no God. They just don't know God. Amen? Today I want to continue. I hope this will be the last of this series. I, I titled it, Fruitfulness is Divine. Fruitfulness is Divine. Very, very important message. Jesus said to us in John chapter 15 verse 16, He said, you did not choose me. You did not choose me. But I chose you. That's very important. That God himself is the one that chose you. You may think you accepted Christ. And some of you were here this morning. If you've not accepted Christ. And something in you says, I want Jesus in me. Guess who is calling you? Your heavenly father. You think you're thinking. You think you're making your decision. But that was Jesus choosing you. That's why you are able to do that. Jesus said, everyone who has heard from the father comes to me. So if God has never spoken to you, you'll never receive Christ. And I'm not surprised by it. Because you haven't heard his voice. That's why we have many in the world that are not saved. I'm not troubled by it because it's a fulfillment of scriptures. Not very many will get to know him. But if you are one of the blessed ones and he's called you, he chose you from among the people of the world. God chose you. He said, I chose you. You did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. He chose you, and then he appointed you, and he's asking you to go and bear fruit. And then he added, and that your fruit should remain. Not just bear fruit, let your fruit remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give it to you. So your, the answers to your prayer is tied to you bearing fruit. A lot of Christians don't understand this. When a person who is bearing fruit asks for whatever they want from God, he gives it to them. You know, I've said before in our church back there, Irina will confirm, when, I'm in need, when our church is in need and I feel like, God, I need 15,000 this week. That's my prayer. God, give me 15,000. I don't do that anymore. That was when we were back there. And guess what? He gives me exactly the same amount, 15,000 plus a little change. And and, and then the devil said, you think, I remember this one time, I asked for 15,000 and God gave it to us. And I was thinking, I was about to rejoice. And the devil said, oh, that's because somebody just received a big check in the church. That's why you got the 15000 If you really think it's your prayer that's causing this, why don't you ask for another 15000 I said, good, 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 good suggestion. I'll do just that. 
And I did. And guess what? God gave me the, the next week. God gave me the same 15,000 and some change to it. You see, there is a God. God is. So I don't have to worry. I can talk to him because, not because I'm more righteous than any other Christian. I am in the business of producing fruit and I work hard to make sure my fruit remains. So whatever I ask the Father in his name, he gives it to me. When you work for God, he pays you. God is, I mean, is the best employer. I mean, I'm not just talking pastor. Many times I used to think, oh, a pastor is the one that's employed by God. No, every one of you chosen by him who's employed. You've been employed. You've been employed by God. When you work for God, he'll pay you. Jesus said, I have sent you to to harvest in a field that you have not worked. That's John chapter 4. He says, everyone who reaps, receives wages from God. God will pay you if you work for him. No doubt about it. God will pay you if you work for him. If you are in the business of bringing people to him, this is the only duty that the Christian has. Bringing people to God. This is the number one commandment to keep. This is the number one commandment that involves love the Lord your God with all your heart and and your neighbor as yourself. This is number one, to bring people to him. I chose you so that you go and bear fruit. Go ye into all the world. That's why by the grace of God, it's not like, you know, we want to be on television. But we want to win souls. We are reaching 52 different nations in Africa now by television. And that's because some people are given here so that we can be able to do that. And I get calls from, 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 from Kenya. We've had calls from countries in Africa. We're reaching them. Because I want to do, be on television. No, I hate listening to myself speak. Excuse me, some of you, you love to hear yourself speak when I turn the television on. And I'm watching myself. I like to fast forward. Maybe you like to watch yourself. I'm not that kind of person. But I want to reach out to souls. And that's what is important to me. Look at what Jesus said to, to Peter. In Mark chapter 10, verse 28. I'm on this point, when you work for God, he's going to pay you. I wish Christians knew. That's why Jesus said, the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. He gives us a principle to live by, to bless our families. And we ignore it as if it's nothing. And then you have motivational speakers traveling all around the country, speaking, giving them scriptural principles in a different world, and people are paying a lot of money to listen to them, and they are putting it into practice, and they are being blessed. Talk to some of these people, motivational speakers, they're getting it from the scriptures. Some, many of them are Christians. The principles they are giving them, they are drawn from the scriptures. Some of them will pray. And yet, people are in the church, they hear it from the lips of Jesus and do nothing about it. That's why Jesus said, the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. Because we won't do what is given to us. Look at what, what happened here. 
He says, Peter began to say to him, to Jesus, See, we have left all and followed you. You know what that means? If you follow Jesus, what is he going to turn you into? A fisher of men. Follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. If you are following Jesus, when he's through with you, you will be a fisher of men. And if you are not interested in fishing for men, I wonder who you've been following. We got to follow him. That's what Peter said. We have left everything to follow you. Because Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You will fish men. You will win souls. You will bring people into the kingdom. You will bear fruit. And you will make sure your fruit remain. Fishers of men. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, look, let me tell you, Peter. Assuredly I say to you, there is no one. Please say the word no one. That means you. There is no one. You cannot find anybody anywhere in the universe. No one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel for my sake not just for his sake but the gospel winning of souls as well no one it says who shall not receive a hundredfold when now now in this present world now no one it's impossible that you leave anything for Jesus and the gospel and not receive a hundredfold now. You know, it's, it would be a, almost blasphemy to say Jesus didn't tell us the truth. He lied to us. That's, that's wrong. He's saying, if you do this, I'll do it. It's impossible. He's, he wasn't pleading with Peter. He says, look, you just said you love that. But let me tell you, Peter, there is no one. It's impossible that anyone would leave anything for my sake and the gospel and not receive a hundredfold now. In this time, in this present world, not when you die, now. And then it tells you houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. That's real estate, lands. You left one, he's giving you a lot of them, not one land. He can't lie to us. Let God be true and every man a liar. He'll give it to you. And then it says, and in the age to come, eternal life. So there is an age to come and then there is this particular age. That's what Jesus meant when he said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Was his righteousness? Bringing people to Christ. Loving them and making sure that they remain. In God. You invest in that. If you build God's house, He'll build your house. If you build God's finances for the gospel's sake, God will build your finances. 
Whatever you do, he, he says you give one, he's going to give you a hundredfold. And he was telling us the truth. Why? Every soul that you, br- you bring to Christ, the price of that soul is the blood of God. That's why it's so important to God. And as far as God is, is concerned, he has streets made out of gold. You need it. You're bringing those souls so that the blood of his son is not in vain. He says, I'll pay you for it. I'll pay you for it. You build God's house, he builds, he'll build your house. Whatever you do for him, he'll do back for you. I mean, you, it doesn't, he's not asking for you to be perfect. Just want to do, just have it in your heart to do what God says. And God will begin to make sure. As people criticize you, he's letting them bring out stuff in your life. And then he, he watches you. And he says, yes, son, whatever they are saying, if it's true, I'm going to cleanse you so that you can continue to bring more people to me. Every branch in me that bears fruit. The Father cleanses so that he'll bear more fruit. In other words, the Father has you right before his eyes. He's not going to take his eyes away. This is a fruit bearer. I'm going to, I have this one. I'm telling you, it's, it's an amazing thing as, I, as you look at the world, what God's done. People want their names to be, to be known. You know how many Peters we have in the world? People call Peter. You know who they are naming them after? That fisherman. <laughs> was a fisherman. Have you seen anybody named Judas? If Judas shows up, everybody's going to leave. Judas is in truth. John, we talk about them as if they are still around. You know why? They were so winners. As long as the earth remains, their name stays. Uh, many of you don't even remember who Woodrow Wilson is. That was a U.S. president long ago. Uh, the kids will say, Woodrow what? <laughs> it's forgotten. But when you are Attached to Jesus. Because he is eternal, you become eternal with him. Amen? That's the beauty about this thing. God will pay you if you bring people to him. Look at Billy Graham. You know, somebody was saying, he, it was, I don't know whether it was his mother that died. Presidents of the world were sending people to go and represent them in the funeral. Presidents, they are happy to be in his presence to shake a preacher's hand. I like to get that one. They're not kidding. <laughs> to shake the preacher's hand. And they honor him because he preaches the gospel, bringing people to Christ. And some of these uh, presidents, they are not Christians, Muslim countries. They recognize. When you do something for God, He promotes you. This is a very good message. I pray that you will understand. Simple but very good. If you will do what He says. It's very, very profound. 
Look at what Jesus, uh, God said in Isaiah chapter four, uh, 45, verse 10. Uh, excuse me, verse 19. And God speaking, he says, I have not spoken in secret. The promise that he gave to us about a hundredfold, it was that in secret. You can read it. Just turn to your Bible. It's there. God says, I don't say anything in secret. I have not spoken in secret in dark places of the earth. I did not say to the seed of Jacob, I did not say to you Christians, seek me in vain. You can never serve God without him blessing you. God said, I never said that. And what I said, I said it openly. When I said I'm going to bless you, it's not... So that the other guy won't hear what he's saying. So if he doesn't come through. No, God said, I said it openly. I never asked you to serve me in vain. I never asked you to seek me in vain. God said, I never did that. I did not say to the seed of Jacob. That's true. I believe he's talking about Christians. Seek the Lord in vain. I, the Lord, speak righteousness. When I speak, I'm going to do exactly what I say. I speak righteousness. I I speak what's right before men. I don't lie to anyone. When I say it, I will do it. That's what God says. I speak righteousness. I declare things that are right. That's what he said. And if we will understand that winning of souls is so important... They don't have to come to the art fellowship. They can go somewhere else. But you know that they are yours. We want to protect them to make sure that they see. Let me show you from the life of Paul how important he understood this thing and how how important it was to Paul. This man will kill. There was a stage where he almost was cursing. He said, "Let let me be a curse. If I change my tune, what I've been telling you, and I change my, my message, he said, let me be a curse. And anyone who's trying to deceive you to get you out of the faith, let him be cursed. And if I turn around and I say something different, let me be a curse. That's how important it was to him about bringing people to God and making sure they stay serving God. Because this is an eternal purpose to it. This is what Paul said in Galatians chapter 4 verse 11. I am afraid for you, lest I have labored for you in vain. You are getting flaky on me, he said. I want you to be established. I'm getting, I'm getting afraid I'm going to lose you. You won't remain. I want you to remain. I read another scripture. Philippians chapter 2 verse 16. It says, Holding fast to the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ. He's thinking ahead. I want you to hold fast to the word of life. Don't get away from it. I need my reward that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. If I lose you, then I labored in vain. So it's very important that your fruit remain. Paul understood that. When you come to church, when you want somebody to Christ, guide guard that person with your life because it's like 
a great investment you have made that God is going to pay a great dividend when you get to heaven. I'm not letting that go. Jesus said, when a man is found a great pearl in the field, he sells everything that he has to buy this little field because of what's in there. That person, for you in the mind of God, uh, that is a great investment. So you got it. And that's what Paul was doing. In, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, you can even see if, uh, his heart more. He says, for this reason... When I could no longer endure it. <coughs> I've, been, excuse me, I've been hearing all kinds of stuff about you. <laughs> but now I'm getting to the place I'm getting very, very concerned. When I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. I sent somebody to be sure what I'm hearing is not true. That they are following God. I sent to know your faith. Led by some means the tempter, Satan, had attempted you and our labor might be in vain. I couldn't handle it anymore. I've got to check this thing out so that the tempter doesn't come and get you out. Just to bring them to Christ. Many people don't even think about bringing people to Him. Talk more of working hard to make sure that they stay. Then you don't understand what Christianity is all about. I'm telling you... (laughs) Make that sacrifice and a covenant with God that this is what I'm going to do from now on and watch what God will do with your life and your family. You watch. It's very important. Make a covenant with God today. Says God, as long as I can breathe, I'm going to give. Many of you listen to Renhard Bunke when we were in the field. He said, even if I lose my voice, I'll continue to yell. He said, I'll preach the ABC. I'll leave the XYZ to the rest of them because I want them in. Very important to him. I pray that you understand this thing is not just for pastors. We have, we have made it. I don't know where we got this thing that pastors are supposed to be bringing people to church. The pastor is an under-shepherd. He's a shepherd. Sheep beget sheep, beget sheep right? It's not the other way. I, I know I'm a Christian. I belong to him. I should bear fruit as well. And I want to go to Africa to get some more fruit, okay? <laughs> I don't mind it. I, when I'm over there and we're having crusade, I don't think about eating. I enjoy seeing, especially when I see somebody who is gray-headed. When I'm preaching and I see, because the Bible says, Remember now the Lord your Creator in the days of your youth. That's Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember now the Lord your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil day draw near, where you say, I have no pleasure. In other words, he said for hell. So when I'm preaching and I look and I see the gray-headed man, I preach at him. And when he, when he starts coming out with the rest of them, I'm dance, I can't, if you, inside I'm shouting and dancing. And when he comes close, I lock eyes with him. Stay. Oh, stay serving the Lord. And when I go home, that's who I'm thinking about. The young ones will stay. But boy, I got that one snatched out from hell. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. We should all start winning souls for God. You know, the kingdom of God is about fruit bearing. Do I have time? Lock the door, make sure nobody leaves. <laughs> 
The kingdom of God is about fruit bearing. I'm going to go through this real fast. Last scripture. <coughs> it says here, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. In other words, they just don't care. And, you know, they come here, the word, the, seed, the word of God is the seed. But he who received the seed on the stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Notice he's talking about seed, but he's not telling you why they're receiving the seed, but they lose the seed for some whatever reason. He receives the seed with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. Endures only for what? A while. The while can be a few hours. The while can be a week. The while can be one year. The while can even be 30 years. Have you seen people who have worshipped God for so long and then all of a sudden they take a turn and they're gone? Oh, yes. When you've lost the fire for God in your heart, remember what Jesus said? I would rather you were hot or cold. I don't want lukewarm. I'll spew you from my mouth. If you are cold, we know we need to put some fire underneath you. But when you are lukewarm, we don't know what to do with you. Jesus said, you make me sick, uh, and I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. But he would rather have your heart. That's where he wants you to be. So you were in Christ for how long? For a while. A while can be ten years. You were hot doing the things of God. Now, where are you? They endured for a while. Yet, he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now, he who received seed among the, among the sons is he who hears the word and the cares of this world. And the deceitfulness of riches. So riches has some kind of deceitfulness in it. Deceiving you to get away from the kingdom of God. This is deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he becomes what? Unfruitful. So the seed is sown in your heart primarily for you to be fruitful. When business and other things have taken away your heart from what God called you to do, you have been deceived. And you are not going to think about bearing fruit. Because the seed was sown in you, God appointed you that you will go and bear fruit. When you are not concerned at all about fruit bearing, I wonder what's happened to you. You are more concerned about riches, you are more concerned about houses, and God's telling you, leave those things, focus on the kingdom, give everything, everything else for the television ministry. I know of people that have actually given their homes. They sold their homes 
Because they know a preacher was going somewhere to preach the gospel. I knew of a woman in Georgia did that. To give to this preacher to go preach in Kenya or somewhere this minister was going. There are people that have given up cars. There are people that have given up planes. If you listen to Kenneth Copeland, some rich man says, I want you called giving up, preaching the gospel. Yeah, that's my plane. I don't need it. You can have it. We want you to go preach. What are we doing? What are you willing to give to bear fruit? These people are willing to give everything to bear fruit. What are you willing to give? I'm too busy. God understands I'm tired. And all of this, we're not thinking about bearing fruit. The primary duty of a Christian is to bring somebody to him, to Jesus. Not always this defensive posture, I'm trying to live right before God. That's not why you're called. God called us to bear fruit. And today we must make up our minds that we are going to bear fruit. I've said it here before. The, the, uh, the survey that was taken in the United States says 80% of Americans say they will go to church if somebody will only invite them. What if, if you invite somebody to church and they got in here and at the parking lot people treated them really nice, talked to them, gave them water to drink and asked them, how are you feeling? Come sit with me. You really like our church. And they stayed. And they really liked the church. And they got saved. And started coming. And then they got called. And then before long, the media is saying, we have a new Billy Graham in the land. And you were the one that brought this person to church. Wouldn't you be shouting in your home? <laughs> you never know. When you bring somebody to Christ. Somebody brought Billy Graham to Christ. Somebody brought uh, Paul Youngicho to, to Christ. It was a schoolgirl. You never know. But we all must take that to us. There are some in our church here that are very into that. But I tell you, it's that you, you're giving. Giving is not enough. I give. I give a lot of offerings for the ministry. Not because it's our church. It's amazing. I think uh, Irina will tell you. Um, we support Israel. Because God said to bless Israel. And uh, some time back, I, I told her, and she was just reminding me, I'd forgotten. She was just reminding me, and I, we, I started giving a, about $100 to this ministry every month. Um, and our finances went up. And uh, I noticed that. And I want them to reach out to these people. They are ministering to the, to the Jews. So not too long ago, I told Irina, Double that. And guess what? Irina reminded me he's working. His things have changed. <laughs> I, I'd forgotten completely. When you give to serve God, He pay you. We're not giving just because we want the money, but I want the Jews minister too. And I can do it. These guys already got their things in place. They're reaching out to them. I want to help. And as I help Jerusalem... God blesses us. Amen. I encourage you. Give to those ministries. Go and look for them. Not just the Ark Fellowship. Give to those ministries. Find them out. And watch what's going to happen to your finances. Money will be coming to visit with you. Say with me, I like that. 
<laughs> Bow your heads with me this morning.